Good evening, everybody, and uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, it's great to be together here tonight to, uh, to worship the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so welcome to all of you. We're so glad that you're here. You know, watching a video like that and even just this time of year kind of elicits a lot of kind of reflection. And, and maybe for you, you've thought about even just some different things that you've had going on in your own life where you maybe had a, a plan A, you had a dream for your life, and you had hoped that it would go a certain direction, but maybe as it's progressed, it, it hasn't maybe turned out exactly the way that you have wanted it to. But have you ever noticed this, that while we might have a dream, we might have a, a picture of what we really want to be happening in the end, have you ever noticed that sometimes plan B isn't, isn't so bad after all? Sometimes actually it's even a, a much, uh, a great improvement on plan A. Um, uh, let me give you just a very practical example. The Frisbee, as we know it, um, wasn't plan A. <clears throat> About 150 years ago, there was this guy named William Russell Frisbee, and uh, he was a baker from Connecticut, and uh, he began baking these pies, and he would put these pies in these lightweight tins, and, and on the bottom of them, he would stamp his last name Frisbee. And uh, fast forward to the 1940s, there was a, a group of uh, college students, pie-loving college students that took these pies and they took the tins and they flipped them over and they began to, it would have been fun actually just to do that, but, but they, they began playing this game called Frisbee. Uh, today the bakery is no longer in existence, but some 20 million of these Frisbees have been produced. Plan A was pies, pie tins, but plan B was much better. Let me give you just even a, another example of this, what we all know as duct tape, D-U-C-T tape. Uh, in World War II, soldiers would take duct tape and uh, they really liked it because they would wrap their cases of ammunition in it and it would keep moisture out of them. And since it would keep moisture out, it did such a good job of waterproofing, uh, it got the nickname Duck, D-U-C-K, tape. Uh, fast forward uh, several years and uh, here we are today and we've got duct tape all over the place. Um, it became mass produced um, about 30 years after World War II and it began being used in homes to help with the duct work in, in homes. Today, it comes in 20 different colors. It comes in all sorts of, of patterns. You can get zebra. You can get whatever you want. I learned this week that you can get a wallet entirely made out of duct tape, but not just a wallet. You can get girls, you can get a prom dress, your entire prom dress completely. And um, beyond that, brides-to-be, um, you can get your wedding dress all made out of duct tape. I saw a few online. They don't look too bad, so you might want to check those out. But isn't it true? Plan A, the dream in mind, the thing that the inventor had in mind, it's not always as good as what plan B uh, ends up um, really playing out as. You know, we've all got dreams. We've got things in our lives that we, we would say, you know what, I was shooting for that. That was the goal. That was the dream. That was, that was the desire. Uh, I love what I get to do here at Brookside as a pastor. I, I love it. Um, but this wasn't always plan A for me. Somewhere around middle school, and it really carried into high school, I got captivated by the movie Top Gun. Any Top Gun lovers out there? Yeah, five or six. It's just ten of us. All right, that's good. But I got captive, I got inspired by that movie. And if there was one thing that my dream would have been, it was that I would be like Tom Cruise, that I would give my life to living on the beach, playing volleyball and riding a fast motorcycle and then flying jet planes. That was the dream. I could quote all the lines of the movie. I had the poster on the wall. And it influenced me. That was the dream. And so I signed up for the United States Air Force. And before I ever got to, to boot camp, I got this very official looking letter in the mail months before I would go. And, 
And it said, Mr. Dart, Jeffrey Dart, um, you have been honorably discharged from the United States Air Force because of this injury that I, I had in high school, and I thought we'd work through that. I thought it was all good, but it wasn't good. And I realized in that moment, I remember getting that letter, and I remember going down into the basement of our home, and this was my dream. And I remember just crying and crying and crying, and I realized in that moment, okay, my plan A, my dream, it's going on the shelf. It's going on the shelf, and there must be a better plan B. If I were to ask you, if I were to go around the room tonight and just say, hey, if any of you had life maybe not work out exactly the way that you hoped it would, um, you would say, I would think to a person, yeah, not so much. You potentially, you watched your dream slip away. Maybe it was a relationship, and, and you really thought, man, this is going in the right direction. This is the right girl for me. This is the right guy for me. And all of a sudden, boom, it just turned of events, and, and all of a sudden, it's over. Or you're headed down a certain career path, and you thought, wow, I'm going to be making X, and now you're making Y, and you're like, wow, what, what happened? Or a business venture that didn't work out, or you've watched a child um, stray, and that's been hard for you. You had in your mind a, a dream. You had a picture in your mind of, of what your family might look like, and you're realizing now that that, that might not be, be what's going to happen. Um, but have you ever noticed this, that, that sometimes what can seem like such a mess, God can take and use in such an incredible way. At that first Christmas season, as it approached the people of Israel, they had been waiting for their dream to play out. They, they knew what they wanted. They, they knew that they were longing for the promised Messiah to come. And so for hundreds of years, imagine this, hundreds of years, they've been looking forward to this event where the Messiah would come. And they had in mind what he would do. They, they knew what they wanted. But not even just hundreds of years. I mean, imagine this. Over a period of 1,500 years, they had read about the coming Messiah. Generation after generation had passed this down. They were, they were talking about it. And in their mind, this promised Messiah, he would bring political rest. He would bring political peace. Their dream, their plan A for the Messiah, it was drastically short of what would really take place. You know, you might be here tonight and, and you didn't come into this service thinking, wow, I'm really going to ponder my dreams and my plans for my life tonight. But, but if you do, if you, if you take a minute and you really think about it, you might be here tonight and you would say, you know what, plan A hasn't worked out. My dream, my dream for my life, it's not going as, as I planned. You might say, well, I'm not on plan B, A, I'm not on plan B, I'm clear down the, the, the line. A gal stopped me last night and she said, I think I'm on plan F, you know, <laughs> just cruising right along. Um, but the things don't always work out the way that, that we think they would. Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, she knew something about life not turning out the way that she planned. Um, if she were here tonight, she would say to us that it didn't turn out even close to maybe what she thought, what she thought it would be. Her dream, her plan A, was very likely very different from God's plan for her life. She dreamed that one day she would be a woman of honor. She dreamed that she would be a, a woman of, of dignity, and she was living in a culture that would have highly valued those things, and the thought of her having this child with no husband, it would not have been, for sure it would not have been plan A. It definitely would not have been her dream. And that angel appeared to her, and they told her, though, that, you know what, you found favor with God, and that she was not to be afraid, but she was going to give birth to the promised one, the Messiah, the one that people had been anticipating for for years and years and years. And when she heard this, there's no doubt that she was in confusion because she said this. She said, well, how's it going to be? 
I mean, how will this be? And she's thinking, I have no husband. And the angel replied to her in Luke chapter 1, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Imagine that. That was her story. Her story was that this child would come straight from God. Now, let's be honest with each other for a minute. That's quite a story. Would you have believed it? That's out there. Imagine her for a second walking through town, and as she's with child, people pointing at her and saying, she's an adulterer. That's that's what she is. She would have been the center of good gossip as she was walking through her small town. Imagine that. Would you have believed her story? She would have been seen as an adulterer so much for her dream. Her dream was out the window, and now she is looking at this this, uh, state where actually if the letter of the law would have been kept to to a T in that day, she could have been stoned for her place as an adulterer. She was in a dangerous position, actually. Yet Mary would have been absolutely no different from any woman here today. She would have dreamed of her wedding day. She would have dreamed of what would it be like, and Joseph was obviously her plan A, what would it be like to have a husband that loved her and would come alongside of her? What would it be like to start a family? She had a dream. She knew how she wanted it to play out. Yet God's dream, God's plan, it would have been scary. It would not have been comfortable. It would have been actually scandalous. It would have seemed scandalous to those who knew her. Luke chapter 1, it tells us how God's plan, how his dream played out. It says this. It says, but the angel said to her, imagine this, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God and you will conceive and you're going to give birth to a son and you were to call him Jesus and he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. Now, now to us, I, I hear Christmas bells when I hear those verses. I, I, I think, wow, that's Christmas. That's familiar. But think about this. Mary did not have what we have. She didn't have this book. Mary didn't know how it would play out. Mary had no idea facing God's plan would have been a scary thing to her. She had to wonder, well, what's this going to be like? How is Joseph going to respond to this news? I mean, it seems absurd. Well, what's it going to be like for me if I have to raise this child as a single mother? What's it going to be like for me if I have to raise this child and I'm always looked at as a social outcast because I'm an adulterer in my culture? It would have seemed impossible. It might have seemed hopeless. This was her response, and her response gives us incredible insight tonight into how plan B works. It gives us insight into what happens when God's dream really becomes our reality. In Luke chapter 1, verse 38, it says that she said in reply to these fresh words that would have been like rocked her world, they would have been life-changing words to her, she said, I am the Lord's servant. And then she said, may it be to me, may it be to me, Lord, as you have said, You know, oftentimes, plan B becomes much better because, simply because God is in the picture. Think about it. Was it hard for Mary? Um, Was it full of risk? Was it full of uncertainty? Most definitely it was. But her life was so much more meaningful as she embraced God's plan. And it doesn't matter. I mean, think about this. When God comes into the picture, it doesn't matter if you're 16 or if you're 65. When God comes into the picture, it, it literally, it changes everything. You know, the message that we're here tonight that we get to celebrate is that God, when he looked at us, when he looked at his people, when he looked at this planet, when he looked at all of humanity, he looked at a people and he said, okay, left to themselves, they're going to pursue certain dreams, they're going to go this way and that way, 
But as he saw humanity, he knew that if they go their own way, they'll end up in a place that won't be good. They'll end up in a place that will be far from me. And so instead of turning a blind eye to that, God embraced humanity. And what did he do? He wrapped his son in human flesh and he birthed him through this young girl in Nazareth. And why did he do it? He did it so that you and I could find him. We celebrate that so that we could find him. I've often wondered what it would be like to have been Mary. What was it like when she watched Jesus teach fearlessly to these crowds when they battered back and forth? What was it like when she saw Jesus confront injustice like no one ever had before or has since? What was it like when Mary, the mother of Jesus, what was it like when she saw him uh, heal people supernaturally? And then what was it like when Mary watched Jesus Christ come to do what he came to do, to die for all of humanity so that they might know him, so that they might, as she is, as it was said of her, so that they might find grace and forgiveness, and here it is, so that they might find favor with God. You know, the greatest thing that we see, the greatest theme we see throughout the scriptures is that we can all have favor with God. It's this reality that, that while God is holy and while he's set apart, while he's free from sin, that through Jesus Christ, we can have favor with God. I love how one New Testament writer puts it. He said we can stand in his grace. Have you ever felt condemned? Have you ever felt like you're standing in condemnation, like you're wrong? Have you ever felt that way? When Paul wrote that, what he was saying is this. He was saying that through faith in Jesus Christ, we can stand in his grace, meaning this, we can stand with the smile of God on us. It's amazing. It's an amazing reality. With unearned favor, we can stand in his grace. The most significant step a person could take to seeing the greatest dreams of their life fulfilled, it's not so much what you do, but it's, it's who you would pursue. Because when you and I pursue Jesus Christ, what are we doing? We're standing in his grace. This classic Christmas song, I, I remember singing this as a, as a child, and it didn't mean much to me then, I'll be honest, but, but it means a lot to me now. And, and a part of it goes like this. It goes, the songwriter wrote this, Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel has come to you, O Israel. And the songwriter was saying, Hey, Israel, take heart, O people, take heart. Because, because the Messiah, he's come. God has come, and he's offering something that's better than you could possibly imagine. It's better than you could possibly fathom. Think about this, though. Mary's dream, her plan A for her life, it was very ordinary. But God's plan, it was, it was extraordinary. The one who would bring peace to all of humanity was coming through her. God's dream for humanity was fulfilled. God is the master of repurposing things. God looks at you and he never says you're too, it's too late. God looks at you and he never says you've gone too far. God looks at you and he goes this. He goes, oh, I can, I'm the master of repurposing. You might be here tonight and you'd say, you know what, I'm frustrated. You would say, I didn't choose the circumstances that I've grown up in, but they've shaped you. And you're kind of stuck with that. And they've shaped kind of your, the dreams and how you've pursued life, and so you're frustrated. Or maybe you come here tonight and you say, you know what, if I really think about it, the, the dreams of my life, I feel like a failure because I'm the one to blame for X, Y, and Z not working out. Or maybe you think of it this way, you look around and you go, it seems like everybody else is quote unquote living the dream, but I'm, I'm not on plan A anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm like that gal, I'm on plan F, I'm clear down the road. 
I love these words that we get from Ephesians chapter 3. This is such hope. The Apostle Paul says this. He says, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of God's holy people, here it is, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. What Paul was saying is that the, the love of Christ, it's amazing. You can't comprehend it. It's, it's, it's incredible. It surpasses your, your greatest imagination. It surpasses knowledge, God's love and his goodness. It's beyond comprehension. And then Paul wrote this, now to him who is able, now to him, he's talking about Jesus Christ, now to Jesus Christ who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory. Now notice that it says, um, now to him. Notice it doesn't say it's, it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about the one that we celebrate tonight. It's about the one who takes shattered dreams and he puts them back together. It's about, it's about him. So tonight, as we approach this whole celebration of Jesus Christ, we're reminded, okay, it's not so much about what I do, but it's about who I pursue. Because when I pursue him, think about this, his love, his greatness, the knowledge of knowing him, it's beyond anything we can even comprehend. It's that great. I have one childhood memory of Christmas that I've just kind of been able to lock away, you know, you kind of have some of those. And um, for me, it was this, it was my brother and I, one older brother, we were coming down the steps on Christmas morning, I can just picture us doing it, and, and we sat down and all the gifts were there, and we're, so we're unwrapping them, and, and I was just thinking to myself, you know, had a few Christmases under our belts at that point, and, and I thought, wow, this is an extra special one. I mean, wow, mom and dad, wait, thanks a lot, you know? And all of a sudden, it got a lot better because my dad walked around the corner and he had two black and gold BMX bikes. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, mom and dad, you must have won the jackpot because this is amazing. I mean, it, it, it was better than anything. It, it blew my mind. It was more than I could imagine. Paul says this, God's love, knowing him, it's greater than you can imagine. You may have never heard this before, but this is the truth of the scriptures. God is for you. God is for you. You might think, oh, God is just against people. He's kind of angry up there. No, he, he's not. God is for you. And his words were clear that he came to offer a better, late, a better way, and he would say, it's never too late. It's never too late. When plan A doesn't work out and it won't, and when plan B doesn't, because of who we celebrate tonight, it's true that God's dream, it's, it's better than we can imagine. It's better than we can fathom. Christina, my wife, was telling me about this poem that her grandfather um, had her memorize as a child. It, it, it goes like this. It says, as a child, or as children bring their broken toys with tears for us to mend, I brought my broken dreams to God because he was my friend. But then instead of leaving him in peace to work alone, I hung around and I tried to help with ways that were my own. At last I snatched them back and cried, how could you be so slow? My child, he said, what could I do? You never did let go. Isn't it true that in order to embrace God's dream for our life, we've got to let go of our own dreams? We've got to give him his. 
Give him ours. The most significant step that you could take to seeing the greatest dreams of your life fulfilled, it's not necessarily what you do, but it's who you pursue. It's this idea that you would take your dream, whatever plan, whatever letter you're on, and you would say, God, I give this to you. That's the greatest thing that you could do. And because of that, um, because of what we celebrate tonight, I'll tell you what, it, it wells up within us a lot of gratitude, doesn't it? Because we think, wow, it's, isn't it amazing that God would wrap his son in, in humanity and he would come and he would, he would be born through this girl in Nazareth. I mean, it blows our mind and it causes us to have such, such gratitude. Mandy's going to come out now in the band and, and um, they're going to sing this song. And the lyrics to this song, they, they really capture um, what we're talking about. So yeah, take a listen. No, those lyrics, God's glorious plan to, to save the world, you know, how, how amazing that is. You know, my dream of being a fighter pilot, it was kind of a pipe dream, you know, and, um, but we've all, got, we've all got some pretty real ones, you know, and, and maybe you come tonight and you say, you know what, when I really think about it, um, things haven't maybe panned out exactly the way that I dreamed, the way that I hoped that they would, and I think there's just one thing we would love for you to take away tonight, it would be this, is that the greatest dreams of your life can be fulfilled, not so much in what you do, but in this great God that we pursue, and this great God that um, would clothe himself in humanity so that we might know him. Uh, I ran into a friend of mine, uh, Matt, uh, about a week ago, and, and I, I said to Matt, I had the opportunity of seeing Matt put his faith in Christ uh, about two years ago, and, and, and since that day, I, I put this little uh, note on my calendar, it's kind of a reminder of me of that day and with him, and, and so I said to Matt, I said, Matt, I saw on the calendar, I said, I saw your day, man. I saw the day when you said yes to Christ, and he knew exactly what I was talking about. And he said, he, just said, he said, Jeff, can you believe what God's done in my life? And, and Matt was not talking about the things that he's accomplished, but Matt was talking about what, who God is forming him into. He's talking, he was talking about not so much what he's done, but he's talking about how pursuing Jesus Christ has changed his life. And we just, we just rejoiced in that. You know, I wonder what it would be like, and I, this is my, just my prayer for our church, for really for our city, is this. You know, when Mary, what, what, in, in essence, what Mary did when she said, Lord, may it be to me as you have said, in essence, what Mary was saying was, yes. She was saying yes to God. And I just wonder, what would it be like for you if you took your dreams, maybe they're broken, maybe you feel like they're actually pretty together, but if you took them and you just said yes to God and you just gave them to him, and you said, Lord, I take it out of my own kind of might now, and I'm going to give this to you. It's not so much what I do, but now I know this is who I pursue, the fulfiller of all greatest dreams. And so um, let's do this tonight. Let's just thank God that we can do that. And, um, and yeah, let's, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that through Jesus Christ we can come to you. And Lord, we don't need to stand in condemnation, Lord. We don't need to stand guilty. Um, but through Jesus Christ, through faith in him, we can stand as a son and, or a daughter of God. Lord, you give us forgiveness from our past, Lord. You give us great purpose in our present. And Lord, then when we look ahead, you give us hope to the future. And so, Lord, we thank you tonight for Jesus Christ. And we want to be the type of people that we don't just hear, but we respond. And Lord, we want to say to you tonight, Lord, we want to say yes. And maybe you're here tonight and you have, you have heard about Jesus. Maybe you've come uh, to church at different times, but it's beginning to click and you realize, okay, my dream's going this way. My plans have taken me this far, but now it's time to turn it over to my maker. 
and to submit to him and to seek him and to say, you know what, here's my dream. God, would you take it? And I put my faith in your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you. Lord, we celebrate you tonight. Lord, you are so good. You are so worthy of our praise. And so we sing to you now. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.